Hello everyone, I am Peppermint. My pronouns are she, her, hers, and you are watching Pep Talks, the, in, in the interactive weekly show that covers everything I love from hot topics to issues of the day. We give commentary and review on notable black cinema throughout history. Each week I invite you, yes you, to sit down, throw on your PJs, grab your drink, and put on your mud mask and get comfy because we are going to spill all the tea with my celebrity guests where we dish our take on the movies, drama, and our favorite trends in makeup and products and skincare and everything else and whatever we want to talk about. This is a celebration of everything that I love. Makeup, culture, black culture, black movies, and love and life. <laughs> today's guest and movie are class act, wait, today's movie and guest are class act from the 90s and Trinity the Tuck Taylor, also from the 90s. <laughs> Uh, but first, we got to get right in. Um, before we even get started, the election was this week. I'm feeling all kinds of energized about the attention that we're putting on Georgia and trying to win our Senate seats, win Senate seats, uh, uh, win the runoff for the Senate, I should say, in Georgia. And so if you are of voting age, please make sure if you if you if you are a voting age and live in Georgia, please just keep your coat on and get ready to turn right back around and vote. And if you're not a voting voting age and you are in Georgia, please talk to the next person that you can who is a voting age and make sure that they vote. You don't have to tell them who to vote for. But if you're watching this show, you should already know. But you should tell them that they just get them engaged in the process because a lot of people are really fired up about presidential elections, but don't really pay as much attention to local elections. And those are the ones that matter. And so uh, that's what I have to say. That's my rant for the week. And now it's time to jump right in. Please help me welcome my season nine sister, your all-stars four, right? Yeah, all-stars four winner, uh, the absolutely impeccable, professional, com comedy genius, queen with the biggest heart and also the most... Uh, the fiercest competition you'll ever go up against, Miss Trinity the Tuck. Hi, girl. Hey, sister. What are you doing? I am doing everything and everything. I'm here in my um, little robe and my bonnet, and I got my drink, and I'm feeling good, girl. Uh, Wait, first of all, tell us, this is Trinity the Tuck. What are your pronouns, please? Um, I go by he, she, they, bitch. L literally, you can call me anything and I will answer, especially if there is a paycheck, I will be there. But, you, I, I, you know, I'm free-flowing, girl. You can call me anything and I'm not going to be offended. I love it. I love it, girl. Well, I um, we had a lot of fun over in the pre-show just a few minutes ago. If you're watching this on Twitch or Facebook or YouTube, please check the link in my, the link in my description or on my Twitch profile to leave me a tip to support the production of this show so we can get some coins to the people who work behind the scenes. And then we can maybe wear diamonds or at least cubic zirconia next week instead of a robe and uh, a bonnet. Um, okay, so right, right in Trinity, I, you mentioned, how many drag children do you have? Oh my God. Um, I, I've lost count, but probably close to like, Seven or eight, I would say. 
Probably. Girl, I didn't even know how many you had. I just knew, like, who are you? Okay, name your children. Go. Oh, my God. The, uh, okay, so there <laughs> is uh, Justice, Tiana Taylor, Victoria Taylor. Um, uh, uh, girl, I can't... Um, uh, I, I can't even think off the top of my head, girl. Oh my you, gosh! You, you put me on the spot. You put me on the spot. You put me on the spot. Uh, and oh. I've had a couple of drinks, girl. So, um, cheers, uh, bitch. Felicia Fox. Um, uh, -huh. uh, Sam Starr. Uh, Audrina Taylor. Mariah Taylor. Um, uh, Travis Mackey. Girl, that's I, more than t seven. Uh, well, girl, I, I, you know, I had, I have You've some, been busy. That's why I have some wide ass hips, girl, some wide ass <laughs> hips. <laughs> the, a lot of these children were before when I lived in Birmingham. I, um, oh, mm -hmm. Patience Taylor. Um, oh, yeah. And a lot of these don't even really do drag anymore. But um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I feel like when I, when I was in Birmingham, I really, because there was, girl, I, I had reached my peak. And all these newcomers were coming in, and I really tried to like cultivate a positive um, drag experience for this new generation to start doing drag because Birmingham is so small, and the drag community at the time was was small. And um, I really wanted to encourage these people to express themselves, and um, some of them have done amazing things, some of them haven't. Um, but you know, uh, I. I look more at them now as more like um, I help them with whatever questions or, or, or stuff they needed for drag. And then I let them fly. I don't really have any too many like new babies. Yeah. Sam Starr, which was on my uh, Love for the Arts. She just became one of my new children because since I oh, saw really? her on Love for the Arts, she's a newer queen. And I was like, let me help you. So um, I just recently adopted her. Oh, wow. She was fantastic. And I love that. I love that. Love for the Arts was just such a good show. And I know we talked about this in the pre-show, but it's, you're, in, you're in talks now for season two. Is that right? Oh, yes. Yeah. So I'm having a, a, a conference with Leo and I are having a conference with Twitch this month about season two. So we'll see when that's going to happen. Oh, my gosh. For those of you that are in the comments, make sure you let us know. Do you want uh, I mean, I, I think you do want a season two of Love for the Arts, but if you haven't seen the show, I mean, I can't see how you haven't, but if you haven't seen the show, you need to go back and watch season one, which is on Trinity's Patreon, right? Isn't that right? Yes, you can watch the full season on Patreon right now. And, you know, sound off in the comments. We want to see who you want cast for season yes. two. Yes. And, and it's not just, it's. I don't know if the format is going to change, but the format so far is, is an international competition. It's international and it's all types of drag. It doesn't matter how you identify or what style drag you have. So, Gorgeous. Okay. Well, I want to know what was going through your mind when you, when we, the four of us on season nine, found out that uh, we were going to have, that we were going to the finals. So when you found out that you were going to the top four finals uh, for the finale. You know, I, when I realized all four of us were going, I was like, shit, what is happening? Because this is something they haven't done before. And uh -huh. so I knew they were going to pull some bullshit, bitch. And <laughs> I don't know if I can cuss, but you can, you can yes. blur that shit out. But 
I knew they were going to pull something. I was so happy that all of us got that opportunity because I loved all three of you. And um, it, girl, it definitely was an experience, wasn't it? Girl, it was a damn experience. What did you think? What did you think when you heard? I I thought, thank God, because you know when we were when we were filming and we went from five to four, I just knew I was next. I was like, you know, because I I had scored the least in so of our top five, you know, of our top four after Alexis left, I'd scored I had the lowest score, and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm obviously next. There's no reason for them to keep me around, but. I felt so awakened on that last challenge, the last, the second to last challenge, or the last challenge uh, when we had to do the song, and I was like, "This, this is great. This is they're throwing me a lifeline," and uh, and I, I just felt really good about it. And I don't know. Obviously, that's the decision that they decided to make. Uh, when when they when we had to film ourselves like after that after our lip sync, which kind of felt like just like. <laughs> a joke <laughs> when we had to film ourselves leaving and I was the first one psychologically that kind of got to me because I was like oh I'm the first they're going to do the one that they want to do to act, the real one they're going to do that one first and so I was like okay I guess I'm going home so when they when they let us know later on that we were going to the all four going um I was uh, ecstatic and I was like oh I gotta try to throw it together you know, and you did, bitch. You you placed <laughs> top two, girl. I can't believe it. I mean, I'm I'm, and you How know, do you not you believe the, it. It's a it was a lip sync episode, and you are you were the lip sync assassin of our season, girl. Like, of course, you obliterated it. You were so good, girl. When you, I couldn't believe. I was like, like, like this, right? And you were so strategic in the. You had gone through. It was like watching football or something where the coach is like, has the board up and you're like, okay, peppermint, 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 snap out of it. And you like, basically were like, okay, here, if this happens and we do this and then this happens and this happens, like you had like the whole plan and you were like, look, we have to make sure that Sasha and Shay lip sync against each other in the semi before they go to the finale, to the main final, to the main lip sync, because. We wanted one of us to go. We wanted one yeah, of us to yeah. make it to the end. Yeah. And, <laughs> and so I knew awesome. I knew going up against you, I was like, girl, it, it's it's 50-50 chance if I'm going to beat Peppermint because she's a good lip thinker. But I knew that that was the only way one of us was going to get One of us end. would go. Yep. Yeah. I appreciate that, girl. Because I might have chosen Shay or somebody else. And, and at that point, if you were going against either Shay or Sasha and vice versa, they would have just eliminated us by default because yep. that's what we wanted to see. Yeah, the them in that final, yeah. Yep, and then, then we would just been like off to the wayside, girl. <laughs> girl, for no reason, one outfit. Um, yep. So, uh, uh, what format do you want to see change for all for Drag Race in general? What what element do you want to see change and happen and have see them introduced to Drag Race? Either a challenge or a new element. I understand that, you know, with a brand like Drag Race, you have to have consistency and you have to have like a formulation or a format of the show that's consistent. So people, um, they, people like familiarity. They don't like change. Mm -hmm. And, but I do think one thing I love about all stars versus the regular season is it, 
it changes all the time. There's new stuff all the time. Every season, there's something different. There's different twists. I wish they would do more of that for the regular season. I feel like for the regular season, it would be more exciting to not always have a final lip sync. Girl, we get it. We are drag queens. We want to lip sync. But we once you have that with Sasha having those rose petals and you having that amazing spin costume change, everything since then has been people trying to do, play catch up trying and to trying outdo to outdo it. it. Mm-hmm. And they just haven't. Nobody has. Nobody's really outdone season nine's finale with the the costume changes and reveals. And it's just got monotonous. I wish they would do something different like they do for All Stars. I agree. That would be good to see it switch up a little bit because so many, it's so interesting that they're so, in, it seems like they're set on having an All Stars every single year. And so, but they, they do so many changes and jazzing up for All Stars. And you're right. They, they don't seem to take a risk much with changing things up with, with the regular season, which I think they could do by now because everybody's seen it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's um, been since season nine that it's been the same format. Yeah, good grief, girl. Change it up, y'all. Change it up. All right, well, uh, wait, what is this? Okay, uh, everybody, <laughs> okay, it's a live show. It is what it is. Head over to my Patreon if you would like to see me and Trinity Taylor talk about what happens if Trump doesn't leave? Is Trinity still a pageant queen? Love for the Arts season two? And advice going home uh, to Southern families during the holidays who don't see eye to eye. Oh, the Trinity combo, the Trinity, the combo that Trinity had her with her own family and the camaraderie of the season nine cast. And of course, the full Valentina BTS. That's over on my Patreon. So today's movie for Black Movie Classics is Class Act. And here's the, here's the synopsis. Duncan Penderhues, uh, Christopher Reed uh, of Kid and Play, it, the rap group, is a nerdy straight-A student with no social life. And Blade Brown, played by Christopher Martin, a uh, play of Kid and Play, is a tough bad boy with grades so low he has little hope of graduating from high school. When a fateful mistake swaps their permanent records and thereby and thereby their identities, they decide to take advantage. Duncan will raise Blade's grades, and Blade will show Duncan how to be cool and fight. <laughs> However, they both start to realize that their new lives aren't what they expected. And for those of you that have seen it, I want you to raise your hand and make some noise in the comments. For those of you who haven't seen it, watch. <laughs> yes, yes. For those of you who have, have seen it, uh, haven't seen it, watch the trailer. One, two, three. All right. So that was the um, trailer. Hope y'all enjoyed it. So if you saw the movie in the comments, please let us know what were some of your favorite parts of the movie. What did you like? What did you not like? I'm guessing there's people in this uh, in the chats right now who uh, pro- who didn't see the movie when it came out the first time around in 1991. But I definitely remember it. And so really quickly, also um, a note to everybody, we are doing something special, I think, next week with our chats uh, for uh, for you, <laughs> which is we're adding a Discord chat. And I think, is that true? Yeah. We're adding a Discord chat, uh, which means that you'll be able to chat amongst yourselves and amongst each other. We're even going to add some emojis or emo- some custom emoticon emojis and things like that into our Twitch chat and everything. I don't really know how what it is, but it's for you. So um, I hope you enjoy it. 
<laughs> oh, yeah, it's called the candy dish. That's what we're adding. We're adding the candy dish just for y'all. If you want to be a part of the candy dish, if that excites you, let us know. Last week, the folks said they definitely want it. So we are implementing it this week. Are, we are creating it this week, and we will start it next week for you. Ow. Uh, so, Chen, the uh, class act. Now, you had seen the movie. What were your what was your initial like recollection of seeing this movie in the 90s? So, girl, in 91, I was like a child. Um, mm -hmm. You had already graduated high school, I'm sure. But um, <laughs> 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 um, no, so I was like a kid. I remember seeing this. And the only thing I really remember from this was the guy's hair, the main character's hair being so fucking tall. Can I say that? Being so yeah. tall. And I was like, oh, my God, I love his hair. How does he keep it that tall? Um, and then I re recently rewatched the movie. And still, I still love the hair. Um, I think it's such a fun, campy movie. Um, there's some great um, entertainment value points mm -hmm. from this movie. There's definitely some um, problematic parts of the movie, <laughs> but um, it is definitely entertaining for sure. Mm -hmm. I thought the same thing. I do remember, you know, the, the thing, the biggest, it, it was, I think the movie was a, like kind of a hit, at least culturally. It was like a big thing in Kid and Play. They were, um, for those of you who don't know, they were a rap group. Uh, they were, most people probably know them from House Party. Um, that was like their, probably their most famous movie. And then this came basically, I think the next year or right after House Party. And the, um, you know, they were kind of like a family friendly, kind of in the same vein as, as um, DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, Will Smith. Um, their rap style is kind of very family friendly rap style. And, you know, it wasn't, like, over the top, you know, um, in terms of, like, you know, what people were thinking of rap in the 90s. People were thinking of rap as, like, gangster rap. There was a lot of, you know, gun violence was a big thing, an issue that people were talking about. Uh, and so somehow these two were still, like, really, like, grandma loved them, right? Um, and I think it's because they were so cute. Uh, they even had a cartoon. At the height of their fame, they had a cartoon, of kid and play cartoon. And so that's how you know, like they weren't like very threatening or too adult. They didn't curse on their records and things like that. I had the biggest crush on kid who is Christopher Reed, who has the, the big um, high top fade. Um, and then he gets dreads in this movie or twists in this movie. And I, I just thought he was so adorable and so cute. I wanted to marry him. <laughs> Uh, but now looking back at this, it is like such a, it is so 90s. Everything down to even the intro music, which is the, the theme song called Class Act by, I think, BNGB. Um, it is so 90s. Like, it, it felt like I was watching, like when the movie first came on and that, that whole, the whole, the whole song plays at the intro. Uh, it looks, it reminds me of like a CNC Music Factory video or something like that, with all these like animations and things. Um, I think it was, it was, it was like basically a long music video. This movie. <laughs> yeah, I, the movie itself was just uh, um, very colorful. Um, yeah, the fashions were definitely like a flashback to to the early '90s. Um, 
the acting was so cheesy. So um, cheese, cheese. It was like Swiss cheese. So cheesy. <laughs> and like um, the main girl character, the girlfriend, um, I can't remember her character. Oh, let me get her name. She was in Boys in the Hood. Oh. Me, yeah, yeah. Uh, let me get her name right now. Go, go I'm, I'm pulling it up. Hair, Let's talk about her it. Her hair, I was in love with her hair the whole time. I was like, I want a wig like that. It was so fierce. Her name is Alicia Rogers, and she played Demita in the... Now, are you talking about um, Karen Parsons, or who played Ellen? Whose girlfriend? Uh, uh, um, Not the one with the curly hair. The one that Blake, had, like, oh, the, the, lo- the okay. straightish with, with the bang. With the swoop. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's Alicia Rogers. She played Demita, and she was... The next year, she played uh, Morris Chestnut's girl, um, baby mama in Boys in the Hood. And and so people, make, Boys in the Hood is on our list of show movies to watch, uh, and it's a smaller part. But I, I really loved how she like worked at the um, the museum, and she was a designer. I'm glad that they like fleshed her character out a little bit because in the beginning, I thought she was just going to be like a video, yeah, video yeah. hoe. I mean, that yeah. was what they would call her, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And, it, it, it definitely, towards the end, you got a better sense of the character. And mm-hmm. that's one of the problems that I had with the movie, is that there is a lot of stereotypes. Um, a lot of stereotypes. Girl, that um, that person in the jail in the beginning, I don't know if they were... It seemed clear that they might have been assigned male at birth. Um, either they were in drag or a... Tra- like. Why would a drag queen be sitting in the... Uh, why would anybody be sitting in full drag in the jail? There's a jail scene where there's a person... Dra- and luckily they didn't do anything that like, was too like homophobic or too transphobic. Just having the, the person there was enough for them to say, ha, this is so funny. Like just our existence as either drag queens or trans people, it's just funny anyway, I guess, is what they were trying to say. Um... I'm glad that he didn't say anything shady or nasty to her. He was just like, leave me alone, basically. But it was that was one problematic moment, like within the first two minutes of the movie. Girl, <laughs> I, there, was, there was a lot. I also, one of the things, um, Leo actually rewatched this movie with me, and one of the things he pointed out was that the, the casting for this, um, even though it was, it was Kid in Play who played the parts, and obviously neither one of them can change their skin tone. Um, but the roles that they were given, the lighter skin characters in the movie were mm-hmm. the smarter characters and the darker skin characters were the more rough and street smart uh, of the characters. And so the, it was a little like, okay, that's a little problematic because um, that's what they did in movies back then. They, they, yeah. they wanted to give... The roles, uh, like if you were going to be a person of color and you were going to get a quote-unquote good positive role, you had to be lighter skin tone. And yeah. so, um, so for 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 that, that was that was a little problematic too. It's extremely problematic, and it, it basically, I mean, to go even further, dig, dig into that, it was the people who were the thugs, the people who were the criminals. All it wasn't just kid and play; it was the whole movie. Like you said, everyone. Uh, I mean, they to make it more commercial and campy, they had white people in this school. I'm like, what neighborhood is this where these white people are? And 
it was, I was like, okay, it's a little fantasy, but at the bottom line is, it was rough black folks who were really, really dark-skinned. They were the uneducated ones. They were the one in the bad classes. They were the ones that didn't get good grades. And then there was all the light-skinned people who were, like, super um, refined, had my access to money, had, um, you know, be, be, were in the better classes. They all went to the same school, but were in the better classes. And, I mean, there is truth to to that history of colorism in our in our country and in, and in the black community. That is a thing. Um, but it's it was, it almost seemed like a given. It was supported in a way that was disappointing. Like, it was like, oh, obviously the light-skinned girl is going to be the smart one. You know, and I, I thought that, that was unfortunate. So you're right, that was the, also a very problematic piece um, to the movie. So what do you think, does this, does this, movie hold any relevance to today? Like, if people watch it, does it hold up? First of all, does it hold up today? And second of all, does it, what relevance do you think it has, if any? To today? I still do think that it has relevance as far as what certain people, especially uneducated white folk, think about people of color, black people. Um, they think a lot of them, especially where I'm from in Alabama, a lot of them think like this. They think that's that's mm. a, a dark. When they look at a, a, a dark skinned black person, they're thinking, oh, they're a thug, or they're thinking, oh, they're a drug dealer, or they're thinking they are dropouts, or they they're not educated. You know, they think that. Yeah, I think that that is. It's still relevant as far as those stereotypes are still what people see when they look at someone without knowing anything about them. And again, lighter skin tone, they're gonna be treated nicer because of their skin tone. Unfortunately, that's, that's, that's the world we live in. And it's, it's really mm -hmm. crazy that we are in 2020, almost 2021, and this is still happening. But, but you know what? We were set back a lot when Trump got elected. Um, mm -hmm. and the last four years, I felt like we went back 20 years. It really does feel like it, girl. Mm -hmm. It really does. So how important is, cause I, the reason why I even started this show is cause I ha had several white friends. These are all movies that I'd seen as a kid growing up. And I had several white friends that I talked to who had, when I would go through and talk about certain movies, they just hadn't seen them or experienced as many of them. You know, obviously the big ones like Friday and things like that they had seen, but like, there's a lot of black movies. And when I say black movies, I mean movies that are starring, produced by, and, and so this isn't necessarily fully a black movie, um, but it is a movie that had some cultural relevance and impact in the black community. Uh, but they hadn't seen a lot of black cinema. Um, and the, and so that's why I wanted to start this. So how is it important, and if so, how important is it uh, to see black films and cinema, either historically or in right now? I mean, I think it's super important. I think that we um, need to see diversity in media. We need to see diversity in cinema. We need to see diversity in, in all aspects of entertainment from, from you know, more... Um, given more opportunity to black producers, black directors, um, uh, literally e everything, because it's all dominated by um, majority cis white folks. That's that's mm -hmm. just what it is. That's that's how 
the world works, unfortunately, and and we have to change that. And not not just not just black. We need more representation yeah. of Latin yeah, yeah. people. We need more representation of Asian. Asian people are probably the least highlighted. We need mm-hmm. uh, more representation of indigenous people, uh, native people. We need disabled more people. Yeah, um, uh, of. Trans, we, we've done a lot the last couple of years, but we need more. We need more mm-hmm. trans actresses in trans roles instead of cis actresses playing trans roles. That's We need more actors playing these parts that have that, uh, that have lived those lives. Have, mm-hmm. it, it would be more authentic. It, it would be more mm-hmm. genuine. It would be more captivating to see someone um, playing a part of something that they know something about. That would be like me playing, um, you know, not to be insensitive, it would be like me playing a slave. I don't know anything about that mm-hmm. lifestyle because the, I was born white. You know, mm-hmm. and, and we need we need more um, diversity in media. I, I, they, I think, and I don't know if this was, a, I don't know if it was a hoax or not, but apparently... When they were going to f- create the um, the Harriet Tubman movie, which they did last year, uh, played by uh, Cynthia Erivo. Which it, it was uh, amazing, by the way. The movie is amazing. Yeah. They were going to, but it was not the first time they had thought of having a Harriet Tubman movie. And I think that they had talked about it, you know, years ago, many years ago, apparently, um, in the 90s. And someone said, I could, I don't know, this can't be true. But I saw it on the internet, so it could or not, it could be true or not. Before 2016, had I seen it on the internet, I would say, there's no way this is true. But after 2016, anything could happen, right? And so apparently they were talking about bringing Cindy Crawford in. <laughs> Did you ever hear that? To play? <laughs> oh, is it Julia Roberts? Not Cindy Crawford, Julia Roberts. Sorry. Sorry, sorry in the comments. Julia Roberts to play Harriet Tubman. But either way, I mean, no, what? not the same thing. Julia Roberts is an amazing actor. I don't want to say it's the same. I don't know. I haven't seen as much from Cindy Crawford. <laughs> but still, uh, yeah, I, I, do you never heard that? I don't know that I heard that. Maybe I did, but I think, I think the juxtaposition and, and maybe it would be a learning lesson to, um, white people that are privileged the, in the future if they had a generic slave movie where the roles were reversed. I think that that would be interesting for people to see to maybe yeah. put themselves in those shoes. Yeah. That would be interesting. But when it's something that's historical, like Harriet Tubman, she is black. She is black, black. She is dark black. And she deserves to be played by somebody that looks like her, that can represent her. And girl, I would have boycotted <laughs> and I love Julia Roberts but I would have boycotted her like what do you mean she's gonna play Harriet Tubman Harriet Tubman is black honey she is black black like <laughs> girl I don't even know uh okay so we want to make sure that everybody knows I'm sitting here with Trinity the Tuck my season nine sister all stars for winner and she has a brand new show called Sex Talk 101 on her Twitch every single Tuesday at 7.30 Eastern. So it does compete with ours. You're going to have to watch 
one of ours on Patreon afterwards. Uh, but make sure you go to her tw her Twitch channel, which is twitch.tv slash Trinity the Tuck. That's her channel every single week. And also on her channel, uh, which premiered on her channel, but now it's on her Patreon, is Love for the Arts Digital Drag Competition, International Drag Competition also. Uh, and that's on her Patreon uh, season two coming to her Twitch, but her Patreon is patreon.com backslash Trinity the Tuck. And just a reminder to those of you, uh, before the show, we oh, no, 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 no. Before the show, we talked about what if Trump doesn't leave? Is Trinity still a pageant queen? Love for the Arts season two. Advice to f those folks going home for the holidays uh, to see Southern family members who don't see eye to eye. Uh, the convo that Trinity had with Trinity had with her own family uh, that was a little uh, tense. Uh, camaraderie of the season nine cast and the full Valentina BTS. I'm talking about Mask Gate, of course. Uh, and if you want to watch that, please head over to my Patreon, where you can also find out find other exclusive behind the scenes videos and full episodes of Pep Talks. Now, fact checks. Yes, Julia Roberts was brought up by a Disney executive 26 years ago when the director first pitched the movie Harriet Tubman. Girl, how do, is this person still working? They need to be fired. Like, that was a terrible idea. They clearly don't know what they're doing. And they're, they, they are as terrible as this mask looks on me, honey. Terrible. Terrible. Horrible. Horrible. Okay, okay, okay. So this is a time for some, <laughs> some product. Because Trinity and I both love skincare and makeup. And so I want to introduce something to you. This is a product I've not yet used. I've not yet reviewed. It is from a uh, Drag Race uh, alum and sister, Miss Fame, of course. Looking gorgeous. And she's, I think, one of the first queens to have a, a beauty line. I think she was the first drag race queen to have her own makeup line. Now there's several, uh, but she was the first. And so this is the second um, wave of products that she sent. It is old as hell. I This just goes to show you, we get so much free makeup and I'm not complaining. We get so much makeup from our, um, from different people, including our drag race sisters, uh, that it's difficult to use them all at the same rate, like immediately. And so I really like to really like work these things into my real life makeup use, which means I need to wait until I need a lipstick or I need a foundation before I go and open the package. So this is Fame's The Fetish of Fashion. Uh, and Paper Magazine said they had a little bit of review. I'll review that in a second. But I want to open up the product here. Let me show you. Oh, I don't want to do it like that. Open it up. Oh, I just messed it up. Look at this. Let me open it up real nice, a little nicer. And it is some bullets. I think it's lips, right? Yeah. The fetish of fashion. These are lips and a glitter. And so that's what it looks like in the um, packaging. It's five. Yeah, five lips and a glitter. Oops. Um, and I'm going to just go ahead and give you some swatches. First of all, girl, the packaging is just so beautiful. It is so. It's, just, it's, it's one of the most beautiful packaging of any makeup brand I've seen. Not just Drag Race Girls, high but class. all of them. It is high, high. It is high. It's high. I'm going to swatch all the colors of these lips for you real quick. 
to show you. She's what really they, smart too because she's marketing this not only to the, the drag community, more so um, women. And yeah, yeah. and the she's she's actually taking a drag trick and manipulating it for women for everyday use with the glitter because you're supposed to use the glitter on top of the lip top of the lip mm -hmm. which is a drag trick it's but, a drag trick i got glitter on my lips right now yeah but but a lot of women when i'm at my I shows there and i do glitter they're always like oh my gosh what is this lipstick that you have and i'm like it's just lipstick with glitter on top and they're like oh my god wow i never thought of that so fame was smart miss fame was smart by doing this and so this is the glitter the name of the glitter is called on top which is exactly where you're supposed to put it and it's a um it's a it's a kind of a sheer pink iridescent um glitter i'll put some on, on my skin just to show you i don't know if, i don't even know if it's going can you see anything a little bit it's pretty it's pretty. And so that's the glitter. Um, and so he, these are all of the lipsticks. They come in these um, lipstick bullets right here. Mm -hmm. And so there are five colors. I'm not sure if you can see them at all. I'm trying to show them. Yeah. Put, I put the glitter on top as well. Um, Beautiful. It's right there. Yeah. I so love it. Really I think my favorite color of, of all of them is the um, Fame Wonder, or Fame Whore, not Fame Wonder, Fame Whore, which I'm gonna try my lips right now. Um, it's gonna be tough, because I already have glitter on, so I'm gonna try to see if I can put it over top. We'll find out how creamy it is. Okay, going on, nice. Smells so good. Ooh, I like that color, just like that. Ooh. I could take off a little too much. I have no, I have, can't see myself. Oh, here's a mirror. It looks great. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, it's pretty. That's pretty. It's pretty. The, should I put some of the glitter on? Yeah, show them the full effect. Let's see. Thank you, Miss Fame. Ooh. Mmm. Can you see it? I love it. Oh, that's subtle. Let me do more glitter. Just one more glitter. Don't, don't press your lips together. I know afterwards. I always do. I have a, a really funny story about uh, glitter oh, lips, but that might be for another day. Oh, God. Please tell me now. It's okay. Well... <laughs> I um I used to uh, when I lived in Birmingham, me and my best friend Obscenity, and this story goes along perfectly with her name, Obscenity. <laughs> and uh, we used to have a, a talent show called Sin and Trend Talent Search. Well, one night, this guy who we knew very well, we knew very well. Uh, one of our friends uh, always came to our shows, always flirting, girl. Uh, he was always flirting with us. Um, so cute. His name is Chris. And there was rumors going around that Chris had quote unquote talent girl. And so, um, after the show, me and obscenity took Chris to the bathroom with consent, obviously. Yes. And 
Obscenity had on red glitter lips, girl. And <laughs> she put those red glitter lips to a test, girl. And after ah! they were perfectly in place. <laughs> now, was was there evidence afterwards when you left that on was it did it transfer to Chris? Oh, I'm sure it did, but he had his pants on afterwards, so you couldn't see anything with his pants on. But <laughs> I'm sure he had some cleaning to do when he got. I mean, I didn't partake. I was the lookout. Ah, uh, oh, uh, uh, yeah, I didn't know that. Well, on that note, uh, these are what I like about these little uh, um, things is that they're magnetic. Let me see. Can you hear this? Hold up. They're magnetic. Yes. Wow. I love that. Good job, Miss Fame. Well, I love this. I'm going to put slip one of these in my purse. It looks like a, um, I won't say what it looks like, but it huh. looks like a beautiful lipstick. And it is so gorgeous. The color, the Fame Horror is my color. I'm probably going to try all of them out. If you are professional like Fame, this is what it should look like on your lips. Uh-huh. And so you use more than one color at a time. Obviously, I just used one color. But it's absolutely beautiful. Um, and so there you have it. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Paper Magazine says that the collection might appear glossy and effortless as it does, but the road creating it was not easy. As a queer self-sustained artist, Miss Fame re relied heavily on the support of her community to see the launch through. Uh, everyone deserves to feel beautiful, she tells Paper Magazine, uh, but this is also for my sisters, whether trans or gender non-conforming or my drag sisters. I want everyone who comes across this to see themselves in Miss Fame beauty. This is all possible because I have a community that's actually believing in me. They are all, they're all rooting for me. Um, and so thank you so much, Miss Fame. And with that, thank you all for watching uh, Pep Talks, Black Movie Classics. I want to say a big thank you to my very special guest and sister, Trinity the Talk. Oh, thank you for having me. This is fun. Yeah, girl. Uh, we'll have to do it again sometime very soon. In the meantime, uh, if you are just joining us, please re go over. Well, you just missed the show. But go over to my Patreon to see everything that you just missed. And next week's guest and uh, movie are Bob the Drag Queen and Alexis Michelle. And we are talking about Sister Act 2. So if you want, with Lauren Hill, hey. So if you want to uh, be up to speed, watch it yourself. Uh, be this this week or next week before next week's show and then you can join us in the comments. Yeah. Uh, for now, that is the show. Thank you so much for watching Pep Talks and I will see you next week. <laughs>